guys, it's Jason from Samuri here with uh, podcast number two. Uh, really happy to be able to start doing this and getting content out now that things have calmed down a little bit at the office. And today's topic is going to be Recon Lab. I have Steve here with me and he's going to take us through it. Steve? Yeah, so Recon Lab is an interesting product. Um, it actually came out of the, the need to want to do more in-depth analysis and in, in math forensics. So, um, and, and it was kind of an interesting tool because... I did a lot of things that no, that's just never been done before in any other forensics tools, trying to solve problems. Because when you're coming up with a new uh, forensic suite, like an all, all-inclusive, full analysis forensic suite, you know, there's a lot of good tools out there. And like, I'm not, I'm not going to deny that. There's right. a lot of good stuff out there. But then there's a lot of tools out there that, that are just missing really key things that just never been done before. Um, so when I decided to do this, I didn't want to regurgitate you know, other tools that are out there with great features. Um, I wanted to start attacking problems that haven't been addressed. And and again, if you listen to our other podcast, our first one, I, I said we're not in the business to make money. But um, again, we don't focus on that. We, we just focus on our jobs. We just try to focus on what we do. And I don't pay attention to the money. That That's what you're for, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. So, so that leads me to, to focus on that. So on, on actually developing pro- products and research and development. So what I was able to do, um, is, and I tried to abstain from looking at anybody else's tools. I, I didn't want to be like uh, have any bias going into this, and I wanted to design a tool from the ground up. So again, our, our recon for macOS, which was out, you know, previously, um, its limitation. It was great for finding information fast and and, and triaging computers and all that good stuff, um, and you can get quick answers, but you couldn't do a deep dive. So that, that's where I began thinking about Recon Lab. So I wanted to still do to be able to get the answers quickly, but then to be able to do a deep dive into the stuff that we're looking at. And I didn't want to just focus on Macs. Uh, I wanted to be able to do Windows, Linux, like all other operating systems after Android, iOS, Google, whatever, files, folders, anything. Um, so starting from the ground up, I, I thought to myself, which was this. You know, if it, what is the hardest file system and operating system to analyze? And what would you say? I would say Mac. Yeah, it's a Mac, right? So if, if you're thinking about that, like what is the only way to actually see a Mac completely 100% accurate every time? And, and that's on a Mac, right? You got to use a Mac to do a Mac. So I've been saying that forever in my trainings and, and just about everywhere. You, you got to use. So our, our training course for Mac forensics, they're, they're vendor neutral. So I know we're a company and all, but we, I teach them vendor neutral because, again, like even we're talking about Recolab or any other tool, it's eventually going to fail. There's It can't do everything. There's no one tool that, that can do everything out there. So the, the easiest way to answer this question is to say, how many apps would you say is on the, the Mac App Store? That's a good question. Thousands. Thousands. Try millions. Yeah, Try millions. It. So like, you know, between like, you know, the Microsoft applications, Mac applications, uh, Android applications and iOS applications, you're, you're getting into tens of millions now of apps that are out there. And if you think to yourself, what, what tool out there or would you say supports the most number of apps or how many apps would they support, do you think? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. I would think that most tools would support at least 100. Yeah, well, I would say they're getting close to 2,000, but I don't think I've seen anything that topped 2,000 yet. So, and if they have, I apologize, but I don't think anything's topped 2,000. So, what are you going to do with the other 10 million apps? That's a good question. Yeah, so that's what got me thinking that you're, you're going to have to 
um, have a tool that can handle this, you know, process what you can and then, you know, an help analyze the other stuff. And again, that's why our, our classes are, are vendor neutral, um, because you, you're going to have to learn how to do this one way or another. So I, I wanted to give a tool that you can use to actually analyze these apps when no, no tools parse them. Um, so going back to what is the hardest operating system file system to do, and I think we can all agree that's a Mac, and now we agree that, you know, probably using a Mac to look at a Mac probably makes sense, right? Because it's just native. Yep. Right? Mac knows how to look at a Mac file system. Well, so beyond that, right? I mean, I would, I would assume that there would be an increase in your speed because you're not translating things. You're just going through the native libraries, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's exactly it. So the, the native libraries are built in to support a Mac. And so here's what a lot of people won't tell you or they don't want you to know. So I've been doing forensics for 23 years, and I know there's people that have been out there longer than me, and those are really old guys out there. So, but <laughs> I say that lovingly. Um, but everything started on Windows. Like everything, I'd say the majority of forensics tools became Windows forensics tools because another little known fact is, uh, and I think this is true, you know where the first, you know, modern, I would say, GUI forensics tool started on? No, I don't. It was on a Mac. Really? <laughs> yeah. So that's that's something that is kind of interesting. Um, so, but anyway, it eventually evolved into being all Windows forensics tools, right? So right. pretty much every tool you can think of is a is a Windows based forensics tool. Now the problem is 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 going back for the longest period of time. I guess in the early days, it really didn't matter too, too much. There were some nuances with doing Mac forensics with Windows tools back then, like Macs don't have to have file extensions. Right. It's not required. So therefore not having file extensions, it's hard to sort by file extensions. And then you think to yourself, well, what would be next? If you don't use file extensions, what would you have to do? I think like the, either the header and the footer or the mime type, something yeah, along those yeah. lines. Yeah, yeah, file signature analysis, exactly right. So you do file signature analysis, but what forensics tools out there, like Windows forensics tool, have native signatures built in for Mac native files? And the answer is pretty much none. Right. So that becomes a problem. So we're starting to see the beginnings of, you know, why it's not really good to start using Windows forensics tools to do a Mac, or it's, I should say it's better to do it on, on a Mac if you can do it that way. So the next thing that we get into is the introduction of Apple Extended Metadata, which we can do a whole podcast about that. Matter of fact, um, I want to do a shout out to um, Mike LeClaire's Surviving Digital Forensics podcast. I Absolutely. just talked about this on his podcast, so check out his channel. We'll put that in the uh, actual show notes below as well, um, links to his, to his channel. But um, Apple Extended Attributes were introduced um, for Spotlight. Now, this is what changed the entire game, right? The entire game changed of doing forensics and Macs. So I would say up until that point, you could probably use any tool to do Mac forensics, and you're almost on equal footing. But after that, the answer is no. You have to do a Mac to, do a, to actually analyze a Mac. And, and that's still true to this day. Um, and what if I told you, what would you say if I told you, and this is a really, really, really scary subject here, and then no one else wants to talk about, is what if I told you that every Mac exam done since 2005, not using a Mac to do a Mac, or using our tool, Recon Lab, was done wrong? I would say that's a frightening thought for prosecutors everywhere. It is a frightening thought. And so what I'm talking about, and again, if you want to, go run over to um, Mike Clare's podcast and check his out when we're talking on that one. But it has to do with timestamps. So Mac is based on Unix. It's based on BSD Unix. And because of that... Um, there's POSIX timestamps or Unix timestamps. That is what's easiest for Windows tools to pull and parse. 
But that's not what the Mac uses. Right. So there's only three timestamps in there, maybe four, that you can extract, right? So if you're talking about the date added. But Apple uses way more timestamps than that, and it uses something called Apple Extended Timestamps from the Apple Extended Metadata, which relates to Spotlight, that actually for those timestamps. So if your tool is not utilizing those timestamps, those actual timestamps, then your tool's wrong. There's some really, really juicy timestamps in there too that are, can be really helpful in making a case, right, Steve? I mean, you can tell whether someone, an actual human, was using the the Mac in question. A bunch of things, uh, you know, use count. Um, you can get an approximation of how many times a file is open. So that certainly takes away the I opened it one time and saw it was horrible. Yeah, and, and downloaded deleted. dates. And we're just talking about timestamps. That's not even all the other extended attributes. So again. This extended attribute data is not easily, uh, how do I say, it's not easily parsed by other tools. Right. Like, so first of all, Windows doesn't care about the Mac file system. Everybody knows what happens when you plug a Mac drive into Windows. Nothing. It's like, would you like me to format this? Because I don't understand it, right? Yep. It must not be important, right? And, and the, even going further beyond that, the extended attributes that actually um, exist in those file systems are, again, Microsoft doesn't care. So any Windows tools, right, have to reverse engineer this stuff, or any Linux tools have to reverse engineer all the stuff. And there's a lot of open source tools out there that can help with this. And what happens is most of these um, current forensics tools that are out in the market right now that it's not Mac-based, Mac-native, are, or actually some of them that are Mac-native, are using open source technologies. They're just using open source technologies because some Mac tools that run on a Mac, surprising the most, weren't they didn't originate from from the Mac. Right. They weren't designed natively on the Mac. They were designed in other operating systems and ported to the Mac, not the other way around. So Recon Lab was, and the reason we picked the Mac to do this is that it understands Mac. So Mac understands Mac. It understands its file systems. It understands its artifacts natively. It's super powerful being on Unix. Um, has lots of really stuff, cool stuff built into it to help you do forensic exams. Going back to, for example, my training courses, right? We just use a Mac to do a Mac and we can do it faster than, you know, commercial Windows tools, like with no tools. Like we just use a Mac to do a Mac right. and do a case in seconds. So that's the reason I started with the Mac first. So again, putting the money aside, because obviously if you want to make a lot of money, you 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 there's more Windows computers out there than our Mac computers. Just a couple. Just a few. I'll have to concede that one. <laughs> so, yeah. So Tim Cook's it, working on fixing that for you, though. Yeah, yeah, it's catching up, yeah, hopefully sooner. Yeah, until they switch over to ARM processors and then we're all hosed again. Well, there you go. So, which is another point, right? <laughs> so doing a Mac on a Mac, Mac's always going to understand Mac. So even when Mac switches to ARM, it's going to be a lot easier to support Mac ARM-based processors if they go that route that it is to try to do it with something else. So I imagine. So that's that's another tricky part. So anyway, we started Recon Lab with, with the actual Mac itself. And then the next question to ask is like, well, okay, that's great for Macs, but what about Windows? Does Mac natively support Windows? And the answer is yes. It supports its file systems. It, it supports its artifacts. It, every, everything's fine. So, okay, so Mac supports Mac and Mac supports Windows. Well, what about everything else? And the answer is when you go down the list, Android, iOS, everything else can be supported easily on a Mac. So it just made sense when we developed Recon Lab to just start it from a Mac. Again, putting the money aside. Right. So because, it, I mean, if you want to just go down to it as the point in time, I mean, it's the only platform that you can actually see the correct Mac timestamps and not reverse engineer it. So. Sure. Well, I mean, just to 
at a short point, right? For me, that that solves the whole thing right there. Why would you go from hundreds of timestamps down to three or four when you can stay in that Mac architecture and still support everything Windows, Linux, iOS, Google, Android, all that stuff still supported because of the all, all the open source stuff that's in there and then the power of the Mac. So it's a no brainer, Steve. Good yeah, job. yeah. Well, I mean, if you, if you that's you're right. It's the brain. The brain part is that if you if you want to see the proper timestamps and be able to utilize it within its, the environment mm -hmm. itself, you're going to have to use Mac native libraries to pull the stuff out. And, and then implement that into your tool because again, Spotlight is designed to find files that not like current existing tools where you find the file yourself and then you actually ask for the, the information, the extended metadata. You know, you have to have this built into the system, which is what we do in, in Recon Lab. So that was uh, one of the main reasons for switching over and stuff like that. Um, so again, going back to some of the other stuff where I said I wanted to design a tool that to address some, some issues. Um, that have never been addressed before. And one of those was to actually, to do reporting the right way. Now this is freaking awesome. Yeah, so this this is again, just just solving problems that are pretty easy to solve. So just to do reporting right, and what do I mean by that? So the first thing I did was, um, there's a lot of, again, great tools out there for, for Windows and such, and, and you know kudos to all those. Um, but I've never seen, and until we actually designed it ourselves for the first time, an actual report editor, like a, like a word processor built into the forensics tool itself. Right. So we did it. So because, you know, usually you're at the mercy of the tool itself. So for example, um, you select a bunch of bookmarks or interesting files, and then you just tell the tool to spit out um, a report. And you don't really have too much control over that. And so the thing is, is that, and this is an interesting question, and I know you know the answer to this because you've been around me long enough, but, and this goes into the reporting part, but what is the definition of computer forensics? So computer forensics is preparing evidence for use in a court of law, and when you're talking about computers, that's obviously digital evidence. Correct. And if you ask most examiners this who have not listened to this podcast or your answer and ask them the definition, and I implore you to do this, this will be so much fun. So go up to your buddy, your, your, your computer forensic colleague, and ask them, and hopefully they've never taken a class with me or they've not listened to this podcast, and ask them what's the definition of computer forensics, and it should be just that, right? It's preparing evidence or digital evidence, right, to be used, and it's the important part, in a court of law. That's your job. So that begs the difference, like, how are you going to present that information in a court of law, right? So again, if you're using re standard, like, forensics tools that just spit out reports with no order to it or no control over it, that's not how people think. That's not how people tell stories. So eventually, when you get to court, you're telling a story about what happened. You're basically trying to explain something to a judge, jury, magistrate, whoever, you know, this is what happened and this is what I need you to know. And, it, it, and usually when you tell stories, it's in the proper order. So, but when you're just basically generating a report with a bunch of bookmarks in it and you have no control, it's usually out of order. And that's a problem. So what we solved with Recon Lab is actually gave you a full report editor that you can put those bookmarks into the report in the proper sequence, like as they occur. So this event happened first, then this event happened second. And it's your choice and you can edit anything you want at any time. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. So, so I guess the other way is a little bit like uh, just taking a, a movie and watching it in random order, right? Yeah, that's the, uh, another one of the great examples we like to use is that 
you know, imagine if you, uh, depending on how old you're, right, you grab a Blu-ray or DVD. I know everybody streams now, but anyway, you get a <laughs> Blu-ray or DVD. You know, let's just say somebody still wants to go to Redbox. Um, shout out to those guys, right? So um, basically, if you took that back and you put it into your player, you know, that you get the chapter selection comes up after you watch the 10 million previews, right? So then, you know, you have an option. If you really want to, if you're crazy, you can actually put that on random and you could watch the entire movie on random. However, it's not going to make much sense to him. Like, you're going to see the entire movie, but it's not going to make sense as if you watched it in order. But that's essentially what you're doing with other forensics tools. You're just basically generating reports that are out of order, and that can change the entire outcome of a case. So, so we could talk more about that later in, in another uh, podcast, um, but that's, that's just crazy. Like, I've literally in the last few months have worked cases with, um, you know, assisting other agencies where just putting the information in the proper sequence actually you know, tells the story. It's better and it changes the outcome of the investigation. So another cool thing that Recon Lab does is that we support thousands of artifacts and timestamps. So the thing is, is once you, and we automate that analysis, right? So we try to process automatically from Windows, from, from Mac, from Android, from iOS, from even Google uh, Takeout, everything that we can we can parse for you, we do. And anything as a timestamp, we can put that in the correct sequence for you. And then you can actually see second by second what a person's doing. And in some situations, being a Mac, nanosecond by nanosecond. What a That's person's awesome. Doing. Yeah, it's great when you're doing your interviews that way. You know, like, you know what, it's not, <laughs> I can know what you did to the last second. I know what you did to the last nanosecond. Yep. Yeah, it's scary. It's just more, you know, it's more punch to it. But um, so that's another cool thing that we did in Recon Lab. Going on the timestamps again. Here's something that's going to blow your minds. Again, blow your minds with other forensics tools, right? Because they've been around for a while. But again, no one that I know of, and if I apologize if somebody did, but I don't know of anything and I keep asking and no one's been able to give me the range. So another thing that will blow people's minds is time zones. Right. So, yeah, time zones. So, like, we live in Delaware, right? We're we do. Office is in Delaware, right? So, how many time zones are in Delaware that you got to deal with? Oh, there's only one. No, there's two. Oh. Daylight savings Daylight time. Daylight savings time, of yeah. course. Yeah. So, even in America, here on the East Coast, in Delaware, little old Delaware, a little tiny state of Delaware, we got to deal with two time zones, right? Half the year we're in one, half the year we're in another, right? But what forensics tool give you the ability to process your evidence with two time zones? So usually you have to, when you start a case, you pick a time zone, like a single time zone, and that's what you deal with. How does that make sense? Right. It doesn't. So in Recon Lab, we have the ability to say between this date and this date, you were in this time zone. And between this date and this date, you were in another time zone. So let's let's choose the example of uh, my laptop that we're actually doing these podcasts sure. on, right? So how many different time zones do you think is on that MacBook Pro that I got right here? Oh, it's quite a few yeah so before the quarantine um we i've traveled to quite a few countries and and daylight savings times occurred and all kinds of stuff so i probably have this macbook itself probably has artifacts that have probably eight different time zones at least i would, I would say, say more than that yeah at least eight so the thing is is if you if i set image if i'm the bad guy at like a cool triple international spy and you guys catch me at the border and you take an image this thing if you select one time zone that's not good Right. Right. So you can actually take with Recon Lab, you can say between this date and this date, this guy was in this place with this time zone. And then this date and this date, he was in a different country with a different time zone. And all the information is going to come out proper. So that was just another thing that we try to tackle with Recon Lab. So that's crazy awesome. Yeah, yeah, that is crazy awesome. Um, some other stuff that we did, which was kind of cool, is um, just, just the things that make things easier. So it's got basically three stage analysis, right? 
So first stage is all is like what we did with recon for Mac OS. Just automate everything that we can. So we automatically, so what's cool about it, we also use what's called a hybrid processing engine. And that goes with the processing of artifacts because as soon as Recon Lab starts and you kick it off, you're ready to go ahead and examine data. So that's so, awesome. Yeah, so you don't have to wait for the pre-processing. So, you know, with most tools, you gotta wait for pre-processing, but with Recon Lab and its hybrid processing engine, it actually processes the forensic image outside within the live environment, like the Mac itself, which there's a lot of benefits to doing that, and then also on the inside. Typically, forensics tools only process forensic images on the inside. We use the power of the Mac to do a lot of the work. So and whatever we, I'm looking at on the live system, I have instant access to everything that's processed yeah, outside so, the tool. And even down to little small things, like if you want uh, to, like, say, export a file to another third-party tool, you sure. know, let's send it to another tool, you don't have to wait for it to actually copy the data out because it's already out. Right. It's already mounted, so it, it actually works out better. And then for the lower level system stuff that's, that you need to inside the tool type approach, we do that as well. So it's a hybrid approach. So being that it's already mounted, while it's doing the other indexing and the stuff that usually takes time, the automatic artifact parsing is happening immediately. It's happening immediately, and as soon as the data is processed, it's there to view. So, you know, we actually put some uh, statements out about our tools are faster than a lot of the other tools that are sure. out there. It's because of that reason. So, I mean, I've actually, and without naming tools, because there's a lot of good tools that are out there, but we did the process the same image in the same spec. So we, we went with the iMac Pro to sit in my office, right? And we built basically a, a temporary Tolino yep. using the same specs. And then we processed the same image with different tools. And we were, I think the, the lowest case was 10 and a half times, no, sorry, 14 times faster. Yep. 14 times faster than the, the, the next closest tool to, to actually process the same data. And it's because of the way that the Mac works. It's the way that we um, actually approach the analysis, um, the hybrid approach. It, it just makes it a lot quicker. And then when you actually, another little trick that we do with ours is that we hooked it to a Thunderbolt 3 um, RAID uh, um, external drive. Which, which actually helps. So our evidence and case files are on there. It just gives, gives it an added boost. So, and it's so, not even that expensive. We no, that so that's awesome. Yeah, I think Steve was getting ready to say before I jumped in. So if you guys are interested in that, it's on our website, samurri.com in the shop. Um, and it is awesome. It's a really great setup and it's very speedy. Yeah, so it's a lot of stuff. Another cool thing, the approach that we took with, with Recon Lab, which is kind of neat, is when you think about how a person let me just ask you, Jason. Like, so, how many digital devices do you use in one day? Oh my God! Yeah, starting with the morning. Like, you know, I don't know what your routine is for fixing your hair, but starting in the morning. So, so that's devices? the only thing that's not controlled digitally anymore is my hair because there's not enough hair left to control. Um, but so, my coffee is handled digitally. My refrigerator is digital, right, and and hooked up to my phone. Obviously, my phone, my news feeds, Alexa, as soon as I get downstairs. Um, yeah, the... Uh, so your laptop's on some... So you yeah, got a phone, phone, you got a laptop. Laptop, watch, refrigerator. Refrigerator. Yep. Uh, so, coffee and, maker. Right. right. Lap, laptop, you have a laptop? Oh, yeah. Tablet? Yep, tablet. So, uh, office computer? Office computer. Home computer? Home computer. And I also have... So Mac and Windows, right? We do both. So I have both at the house. Um, both <laughs> Windows tablets, Mac tablets, um, obviously Android tablets. And then the only thing I would say that's Mac specific at the house is... Um, 
is our phones. Everything else, we have all the other ones on there, too. So I lost track. But so, like, just for you, for example, if you wanted a complete picture of what you did in a day digitally, you would have to grab quite a lot of different systems, tablets and, and oh, yeah. computers, laptops, phones. And, and that's and, assuming it's a Sunday and I'm not at the office. Yeah, so, so to get a complete picture of what you do in a day, you'd have to image all those things and put it into a forensic suite or tool that can nominalize, right, normalize all that data into different categories like, for example, your messaging, right? Because yep. you might, now here's what's, or web browsing, for example, right? So you probably use, I'm going to guess, Chrome, Internet Safari, Firefox, you know, on different devices and such. Chrome and Safari mainly, but everything else is out there. Yeah, yeah. So so you need a tool that actually can take and put that all into to one view. Like if you want to see a person's, for example, entire web history of a daily usage of web history, you need to get the different browsers across different devices into one platform that you can see it all at the same time, which is what we try to do with Recon Lab. So we do that with, with web browsing history, we do that with messaging, uh, we do that with a bunch of other data as well, like anything with timestamps. We try to, to put that in there so you can see in an actual day, you know, across different devices and different platforms, what someone does. So you can see the whole picture, so you can tell the story, which goes back to what we did. So there's a lot of work that went into to Recon Lab, and not only just the automated stuff, we have like secondary analysis as well. Yep. So for example, um, once you get past, like we talked about the millions and millions of applications that it's impossible for any one tool to parse, but what's the next best thing you can do? Well, most file systems now are basically becoming standardized and artifacts are becoming standardized as well. So it's pretty easy. If, if you know how to look at a SQLite database, plist, XML files, um, hex viewers, right? There's going to be your common uh, secondary tools, I call it, to, to process data. So we built that into Recon Lab, into the, the actual um, tool itself, and then made kind of like its own, like, separate part of the tool as well so where you can send things to a bucket to analyze so as you're going through you can quickly sort out all the sqlite databases and say yeah these ones are important send them to a bucket then process them later and then we help you with the tools that we build in the forensic sqlite viewers um plist viewers uh, hex viewers you know to process more efficiently and quicker sure. so you can execute for example your own queries and stuff like that um, and then the final stuff is just the manual analysis, right? Just going through and and, go, and we make it easy with um, smart tags and and bookmarks and even hide files that you've already seen. Stuff that I've that over the years in the 23 years I've been doing forensics now, um, that I'm like, man, I wish I had a tool that did this. Sure. Well, if it's something that I wish I had, I, I try to put in there. And the list is growing. Like we still have a a large list of features that we want to add because we've only been out for about two years now. Yeah. Recon Lab. So it's growing as fast as we can grow it. Yeah, and like that that leads into to one thing that I definitely want to do, and I'm sure Steve, you, you join me in this. I want to give a shout out to our development team. Um, those guys have done a fantastic job for us over the years, and uh, all, all of the stuff that's come out of Steve's brain and into Recon Lab passes through those guys. So most days I feel sorry for them, but uh, they're a great team, and uh, we couldn't do it without them. Yeah, and, th and those guys aren't just their standard developers. They're a bunch of them are actually certified forensic computer examiners yep. through IASIS. Um, so everybody that in our company that or works with us that that basically uh, has anything at a high level to do with with cu customers, we we try to um, get them certified so they actually you know can talk the talk and walk the walk on stuff. So we're actually active practitioners and examiners and everything. So and and including our development team. So that's that's really great. Um, 
and they're actually pretty well respected in their their countries as well. Absolutely. Yeah. So so I think we're getting close to the end here, but a, a couple things. One is a is a request I have for Steve, and the other one would be since he said I'm the guy that's stuck dealing with the business. It's, I guess it's going to be an order, and I'll go with that one first. Which is Steve, can you give these people something? What can we do for the people that made it all the way to the end of this podcast? Yeah. So if you listen all the way in this podcast, um, if you go out to our webpage um, and find under software under Recon Lab. Um, you can go down to the bottom and there's a place you can request a demo. Um, if you guys need a demo, you want to try out Recon Lab, um, just feel free to fill it out. Um, what all you need is a USB serial number as the Mac sees it. Um, so it's pretty simple to do. Go to the Apple menu, go down to About This Mac, System Report, USB, just give us a serial number to a USB device. Um, we'll license you, give you a, a, a license for your, your USB, make it a dongle, and then you can try it out for, for 15, 30 days or however long you need to decide you like it. Awesome, and and for so I'm assuming we got some of our our longtime loyal uh, Samari customers here with us listening to the podcast. Uh, for those of you that have Recon Lab and are already using it, Steve, what's one tip you can give? Quick tip for somebody that uh, is using Recon Lab, something they may not think of. <laughs> one is read the manual. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, you know the old RTFM, right? So <laughs> so that's one. But I can yeah, there's more stuff to do that's there. Um, just here's the best tip I can give you, which is something that, again, if you're listening to Dennis' podcast, it's a power tip and it's also designed to recon lab to solve problems, right? If you know you're dealing, for example, like a user, like a Mac user or a Windows user, and you know the majority of the evidence is actually in that user folder, why index or process the entire computer and file system where everything is pretty much benign, like system files? Good so question. So what we can do is you can actually drill down to the user level and just say, I only want to process you, you know the the index this particular hash these files process these files index these files you know that's it just down at a single single folder level if you want to and it saves you so much time a lot of people just are on autopilot and then or or the tools are on autopilot for you where they actually just automatically process everything that's in the world which you don't need to do it's ridiculous there's too much data nowadays to process and no one does that so what you can do is drill down to an individual folder level like a user directory and just say only process this so that's my power tip so good call there there's uh, way too many people throwing a hail mary pass at the beginning of the first quarter so that's a good tip, Steve. Appreciate it. And thanks for everybody for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. You can find us on samurai.com, uh, as well as all the social media sites, LinkedIn and YouTube for videos. Thanks. Have a great afternoon and all stay right. safe. Yep. Take care. All right. Bye.